in the woods like behind a church a local church and I was like and she was like oh yeah that's been there forever and I'm like oh hell no that is nasty has happened on that mattress oh my god I'm people are nasty I can't I can't do it um we should probably start (laughs) yeah about mattresses i know really hi everyone um welcome to episode two. Oh my god we're back we guess who's been. back back again <laughs> Y'all i'm can't... doing a funny dance you guys can't see it but oh, i'm a dancing queen young and sweet only older than 17 <laughs> maybe if we get enough of a following we'll do like a youtube live no we won't but do an instagram live oh oh that's true because we could do it from two separate places yeah but one of us would have to be on our personal account true oof oh that's rough all right hi everyone um welcome to the show welcome back um this is you can live anytime with myself olivia and I'm Annika, the practicing gay of this duo. She is indeed. Um, <laughs> I do love to practice the gay. You really do. And you know what? It is your right. Fight for your right to be gay. Fight for my right to look at pictures of the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. Girl. All the time. That's all you post about. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> Only to my close friends. <laughs> That's true. Oh, God. Okay, guys. Listen to this. I love you. Okay, go. <laughs> Just gotta do a quick little plug. Um, <laughs> a quick plug. Okay, guys. So excited. All right. So, Annika and I are starting into more of our topic-based stuff since last week you got to know us. Um, actually, wait. Time out. We forgot a story from last week that Annika remembered in the middle of the week. Just go, go, tell the Okay, this is going to be part, this might be a part of our opening. This is just, like, crap we forgot. Um, Oh, (laughs) crap, we forgot. Should we make a theme song? Should I get my guitar back out? Another theme song. Oh, crap, we forgot. (laughs) Um, Do I remember what I thought of? Do I remember what you thought of? I'm going back to our text messages. Um, we might have to edit some of this out. Uh, no, we can't. We gotta, we gotta be raw for the people. That sounds weird. Mm, sorry, y'all. Um, <laughs> do I just need to say it? I'll just say it. We're here. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> We're here. Okay, so this comes from another movie. This comes from the uh, movie Love Actually, Mm -hmm. which hopefully you've seen that movie. Classic Christmas movie. One of those movies where, like, all the stories come together in the end. They're, like, you're following, like, ten different characters, and then somehow all of the stories of these ten different characters overlap. Mm -hmm. It's about Christmas time. But anyways, so there's this scene where... These two people that are falling in love, this man and this woman, they're falling in love, and um, they're on their way to like a kid's Christmas they're pageant on their way to the woman's like younger brother's Christmas yes. pageant. Yes. They were, and the car situation was weird, and so like they sat in the back seat, all three of them, like the man, the woman, and the kid, and the kid had on like a squid costume an like octopus an octopus costume. yeah like something, something like that. that totally should not be in a christmas play and they're having this like serious conversation over them about like i want to be with you i i don't care that i'm yes. like prime minister of britain or whatever the fuck have we decided if we're gonna curse on this podcast mm, i don't know if we've decided jerry's still out on that but one 
fudge. Um. <laughs> We're in sixth grade again. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, you know, having the serious podcast and then the kid, like, in the middle of them talking over him, the car pulls up to the stop and this kid goes, and jumps out of the car and then these two people are just sat sitting I don't I have watched that scene again since we watched Love Actually together and it's not as funny or as dramatic as we're making it but we remember it as like this this thing we say it all the time yes we we roll up to the McDonald's drive-thru at like midnight like and it's not just yeah. like a you and me thing it's well you me alex and nat because we all watch oh them. yeah but it's all four of us we just randomly <laughs> and it's but the kid like it's not even like like you said it's not as dramatic but it's he's screaming it in a car as he's already exiting <laughs> yeah, and it's just it makes no it's sense like eating out of that car yes. he's like Wee! he's like bye like you know but do you remember those situations as like when you were a kid with adults where it's obviously like weird or tense or yeah. like you knew there was some energy you didn't understand so you're like i'm just gonna i'm just, just gonna yeet yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, okay um, so anyways on this episode of oh crap we forgot yeah um we're here yeah watch love actually even though it's may hey it's quarantine you can watch anything you anything want anything goes seasons don't exist time doesn't exist weather doesn't exist because all you do is stay inside oh dude it's yeah it's not fun actually before we started annika and i were talking about how like we are so over being inside which is how everyone's feeling but I mean even my boyfriend and I were just talking how I was like I miss seeing people and like going out to places like I realized I went to Chipotle to pick up food and I was smiling at people but I was wearing a mask so no one could see me and you just can't connect to people like you used to and I miss that yeah it makes me sad. You just gotta smize with your eyes. Like, I know you gotta learn how to like. You gotta be like, oh girl. Happy eyes. Them eyes though. Them eyes. Them eyes though. Okay. Yeah, but I definitely miss people. Um, yes. This is part of. This is like rolling into our catch-up segment, but like I two nights ago I was doing my workout in my apartment. And I was doing jump lunges because, like, they're a great workout. And I, my left knee has now sprained three times, all three times while I was, like, in a lunge position Mm -hmm. on doing different mediums of exercise, of course. It's never the same thing twice. First time I was ice skating. Second time I was dancing. And third time I was just exercising. But anyways, because I'm living in an apartment by myself, I was just, like, laying on the floor with a sprained knee for, like, 10 minutes trying to figure out if I could stand up and walk around. And I was like, I am so tired of being inside, not having anyone here to help me, not being able to, like, call anyone to come get me. Mm. Sucks. It's really hard. Which is why we look forward to doing this. Yeah. I wish I could be there with you. It makes me sad. I can't, I am someone who, and I know it's funny because my boyfriend is such an introvert, but I hate being alone. Like every once in a while, I need a couple hours to myself. Like I want to be able to do my thing, but I hate being alone. I'm, I I hate it. Really the exact opposite. You are. I am. You know from how often I, like, seclude myself in my room when we were living together. Sidebar to that point. Y'all, I want to make a comment that sometimes, so our senior year, it was Natalie and Annika and I, and Annika 
to her point of being introverted, she would be home for hours and Natalie and I wouldn't know. And finally it would be late at night and we'd be like, where's Annika? And we'd knock on her door and we're like, hey, what'd you get here? And you're like, I've been here for hours. And we were like, what? <laughs> like, there's no way like you wouldn't, you didn't come out to the bathroom or to get food or like anything. You just were hunkered down in your room and we were like, all right, have fun, man. <laughs> yeah. So I'm usually a very introverted, like very comfortable with being alone person. But, like, two months is a long time. Yes. Ugh. Yeah. I was, I was really thriving for, like, the first three weeks, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, nope. Mm-mm. It seems what I've kind of noticed when talking to everyone, either you're an introvert and you were living for it for the first couple of weeks, and now you're like, oh, no. Or you were an extrovert. And you were freaking out for the first couple of weeks, like, and now you're used to it. Like me, even though it still upsets me, like the first couple of weeks were way worse than Mm. I am now. Like now I'm like, this is a weird normal. Like I don't feel as suffocated by it as I used to. So it's still not fun, but. Speaking of things that aren't fun, (laughs) wasn't that a good segue? Dude, guys, I, okay, so we're getting into some topics, um, and I'm going to talk about one of my favorite topics, murder, murder, (laughs) which sounds so messed up. It was funny, as you said earlier, like, oh, are we going to curse on this podcast yet? And in my brain, I was like, you're probably going to start cursing when I, when you hear the story, I'm going to tell you. Um, I'll try to not, but who knows? Annika's stuff like, might come out. Most likely. So I want to, before I get into my true story that I'm talking about for the week, um, I want to let you all know, oh, God, I... <laughs> okay, so here's what happened. <laughs> texted me and was like, okay, so since I'm in charge of the podcast um, topic for the week, I'm either, I'm deciding between, like, talking about serial killers or talking about drag queens, and I was like, oh, I mean, you know I like, you know I like the sort of, like, twisted criminal psycho type Mm -hmm. mind thing. My favorite TV show is Criminal Minds, and I, like, won't hear any arguments about it. Like, that's the best TV show that's ever existed. Um, But, like, I don't know a lot about true crime. But from my experience with Criminal Minds, I've thought a lot about what gets people caught and what makes it really, really hard for the behavioral analysis unit to find the criminals. So Livio texted me. I was like, would you rather talk about murder or would you rather talk about drag queens? And I was like, if we talk about murder, can I talk about how I think I would be the perfect person to get rid of a body because I like know what gets people caught and Olivia thought this was so crazy she was like I have never thought about how I would get rid of a body like I've never thought about the perfect scenario and I was like you love murder how have you never thought about the perfect scenario to getting rid of a body I don't know I just like I guess very much from my um, line of work that I'm in uh, professionally, um, I'm very much geared toward thinking about the psychosocial. Um, and it's, I think what I love about it is the big question of nature versus nurture, especially when it comes to serial killers and the difference between um, sociopaths and psychopaths and what makes people demented like that like it's so messed up and that's where what I'm focused on is more of like the psychology of it and what drives people to do that love about about it but like along the way I've been like okay so like if I ever get caught with a body on my hands (laughs) but that's the part why would you ever have a body on your hands dude I don't know Oh, God. I'm scared. I'm going to get a call one day. (laughs) (laughs) 
anyways, so in my perspective, um, the best way to dispose of a body is by chemically disintegrating it because then there are no traces left. The only problem is that it does leave a trail of how you got the chemicals because you got to get a lot of mm. different, like, I don't know what they are. I'm not a scientist, uh, obviously. <laughs> so Annika was texting me this and the funny part is she was like, you've never thought about like the perfect war- murder, like, and how not to get caught. I was like, girl, no, but we're talking about it. And she was like, you have to, the just get, the disintegrating but you also talked about washing it down the drain i was like oh god oh yeah you gotta do it in a bathtub and i was like you are on where else would you do it you are on some hh homes like and so i don't know if y'all have ever heard of hh homes he's messed up he's not the murderer i'm doing today but just as a background like that's what my brain went to immediately and hh homes is apparently he's my my murder twin he okay so he was born in new hampshire and he like was part of a wealthy family and was very interested in medicine and long story short he became like a really mediocre um medical student and he started killing people for insurance money so he like married several wives and then they died mysteriously and all these weird things but what made me think of it is hh holmes is a serial killer that created the murder castle in chicago during the chicago world's fair um i forget what year it was i don't remember oh in 1886 we're on that old time stuff girl and like his murder house like he specifically like built it to murder people and it was one of those things where his construction crew would like work on it for a week and then he'd fire them and bring in more people so no one could figure out what he was doing but he was building like secret passageways trap doors soundproof rooms doors that could be locked from the outside like gas chambers kilns like all this kinds of stuff oh my god and so like one of the things he so one of the things he did was he had these like vats and when he killed people he'd disintegrate them into goo and that's what made me think of that and i was like annika don't be a crazy serial killer she's not let me please clarify i'm really not like i don't think i could ever even carry out like physical violence towards anyone ever you have how many cats well i don't have them they live at my parents house but seven Okay, yeah, and you love them all endlessly. I've seen you, like, serial killers don't like animals, so. Yeah, one of the telltale signs of being a serial killer is animal abuse in adolescence. Thanks, Mm -hmm. Criminal Minds. That is very true. Um, Yeah, so he's really messed up. He was also one of the serial killers that would, like, kill people and rip everything off the skeletons, and he'd sell them to medical schools like people's skeletons for like actual you know those props that you have in science class Never like how did you get these bones well because back then they didn't do the plastic things that we have now in all of our science classes they used real people's bones so messed up it was a messed up time yeah and nobody really asked. Everyone was just like, skirt, skirt. I'm not going to ask. And he made a lot of money. He was already a millionaire. What do you need more money for? I don't know. Probably just like killing people. And like knowing he was like, haha, I got away with it. And I Did made he money. die not getting arrested for it? So, okay. No. He. So. Everyone, I forget what it was, but I know he died, um, he died in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He was, like, a swindler, and, um, I forget what happened. He, oh, he was sentenced to death by hanging for a murder in Pennsylvania. So this was, like, way after the murder house, right? But because of the time period, something, y'all, if you like conspiracy theories, go look this up. And if you want me to talk about, or Annika and I to talk about it in a later episode, let me know because I would love to do it. I would talk about it. I would just listen and give witty commentary when necessary. True. 
Okay. <laughs> but there is a conspiracy theory. And I don't know how heavily backed it is. So nobody come for me if you're like, Olivia, you're so dumb. But I've heard that some people believe because of the time period and the way the murders took place, some people believe that H.H. Holmes didn't actually die in the late 1800s. Some people believe that he moved to England and became Jack the Ripper. I think I've actually heard about this before. Is it something that's on my favorite murder? Because... For some reason, I feel like I've heard about this. No, I forget where I've heard it from. But I remember thinking it was a decently, like, backed conspiracy theory. But there were also things that were like, uh, I don't know. But y'all, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, go look it up. Um, If you want me to actually do a deep dive for an episode, or even do Jack the Ripper, I would love to do, like, a series of I'll Just Talk About Murders. So if you're into that love to hear it but (laughs) um maybe when we post our next instagram if you guys want to sound off in the comments and let us know also guys we have a twitter Mm, yeah you should follow us on twitter also and twitter doesn't have the word time at the end of our name because we couldn't fit it all in the same so it's just you can live any yeah which is kind of dumb that I'm like, Twitter, why can't I be me? Why you gotta restrict me to a certain amount of characters? But it's fine. Uh, All right. So I, um, so tonight I'm going to talk about one of my favorite stories because it is one of the wildest things I've ever heard in my life. Um, I want to start off by saying um, that I got my information from a website called Criminal Intrigued. And I also got a lot of information about the story from my, one of my favorite podcasts of all time, My Favorite Murder with Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. If you like true crime and you haven't listened to this podcast, please go listen to them. They're fantastic. Um, this is what- Olivia beforehand, but I listened to this podcast also. Not, I haven't listened to all of it yet, but- um, I think the murder that she's going to talk about is something I've actually heard on this podcast, but I was listening to this podcast at work, and so, like, a lot of it went in one ear and out the other because I was, like, focused on my work, which is, and it was more, like, background noise, so I'll probably still be very surprised about what you're going to say. Yes. Um, Okay, so... As Annika said in our first podcast, everyone settle in, get comfortable. Settle in, get a drink, whether it's alcoholic or non-alcoholic. If you're driving or on a run, don't drink alcohol. Yes, this is very true. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I am going to tell the story um, of Mary Vincent and her um, attacker, Lauren Singleton. Um, So set the stage, California, 1978. We were not alive. We were, no, we were not alive. Um, So Mary Vincent at the time was a 15-year-old girl. She was hitchhiking um, in California. At the time, hitchhiking was like a cool thing to do. Oh, yeah. It was very, very normal. Um. Which is so funny because we grew up in an era where you wouldn't even dream of doing that ever. But back in the 70s and 80s, it was very common, which was so interesting because when you look at the spree of murders, especially a lot of them being concentrated in the 80s and how most people's abductions were related to them hitchhiking. You wouldn't think people would be like, yeah, hitchhiking seems like a great idea. (laughs) Yeah. So... This girl is 15 years old. Um, she's hitchhiking, trying to get to Los Angeles. Um, she had a lot of trouble at home, um, was fighting with her parents. She had an abusive boyfriend. Um, she had some friends and some other family in Los Angeles. And so she was trying to get there. So she's hitchhiking. Um, and a guy pulls up in his van and he goes, hey, I only have room for one person. Do you want to ride? There were two other hitchhikers 
um, that were just a little bit behind her. And they had kind of been talking on and off because they'd kind of been walking the same way for a while. And they told Mary, they were like, this guy is in a van that has nothing in the back. Don't go with him. And she had been walking for a really long time and she was just exhausted. And she was like, she looked at him, Lauren Singleton at the time of her attack, I've seen different accounts. Some people say he was in his fifties, some say early sixties. But the way, oh, also if you guys are interested, um, sidebar nation, sorry. Um, She tells this story on an episode of I Survived. So spoiler alert. This is actually not a murder story. Um, Mary Vincent. So if you want to actually watch her tell her own story, go look it up. Um, So she described um, him. She was like, he looked like an old grandpa. He was a merchant sailor off duty. She's like, he had a big pot belly. He just looked old. She was like, really, if anything happens to me, I cannot run this guy. Like he's an old guy, which is so funny because I don't think of 50 year olds is old but whatever yeah so parents are 50 i know and i don't think of them as old but uh, maybe some people don't age well sadly um so i guess this guy looked old and so she was like i can if something bad happens i can take this guy it'll be fine so she gets in the van with him and pretty soon she um oh she so she says hey can i get a ride to la and he says i'm going to reno i'll give you a ride um one of the things about california geographically reno and los angeles are not really in the same area so the fact that he was offering her a ride to a place he wasn't going to was already kind of sketchy and the fact that the back of his van was empty and he said he only had room for one person also a little weird um but she got in anyway she was just exhausted uh and pretty much excuse me fell asleep pretty quickly um so she wakes up and it's nighttime and she realizes that they're in the middle of nowhere and they're not going the way that he said they were going so she confronts him and she's like hey this is not the right way he says i'm sorry honest mistake let me turn around um so she's like okay okay um and after he turns around, he goes, hold on, I need to pull over. I need to relieve myself. He needs to go to the bathroom. Um, and she starts to get a weird feeling. And she, the way she describes it is she was like, it was nighttime. It was, he was giving me a vibe. It wasn't good. Um, and so he gets out to go to the bathroom and she's like, if I have to outrun this guy, I need to be able to move quickly. And she noticed one of her shoelaces was untied. So she gets out of the car to tie her shoelace and all of a sudden out of nowhere she blacks out he clocked her in the back of the head with a sledgehammer a sledgehammer yes a sledgehammer and she survived yes oh if you think that's crazy okay so yes He clocks her in the back of the head with a sledgehammer. She comes to, she is tied up and naked in the back of the van. Oh my God. And Lawrence Singleton proceeds to rape her throughout the night in the back of the van. This girl is 15 years old and she was trying to go home to find family and so he rapes her to like through the night into the morning and the whole entire time she's like please just set me free like i won't go to the cops i won't tell anyone like all night she's like begging him to stop she's like please just set me free and um so it gets to be morning and he gets out of the van and he pulls her out and he says to her you want to be set free I'll set you free. Why do I feel like it's going to get crazier from here? Oh, it does. He pulls out a hatchet. (gasps) And he chops off her left arm. Oh, my God. Below the elbow. 
she grabs him and is trying to fight him off because he grabs her it's they're wrestling she's um she's still partially tied up but not um and so they're fighting and then he so she's like latched onto him so she's holding on to him and then all of a sudden she's on the ground because he hacked her arm off he hacked her other arm off <gasps> so she he already cut off one arm her left arm below the elbow and then so she starts like fighting with him because he starts fighting with her like because she's such a badass because she's like really dude you're gonna rape me all night and then you're gonna chop off my arm are you serious like imagine how 15 15 years old like i'm so, trying to think of myself at 15 and like yeah i can't even put myself in this situation like that's blows my mind insane yes so she one moment she's like wrestling with him and the next she's on the ground and at first she didn't realize that he chopped off her other arm and what had happened is she falls on the ground and she sees lawrence flicking his arm like crazy and she realizes that her own arm is clutched onto his arm still after he had chopped her arm off and he's trying to get her arm off of his. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. So she obviously, so no arms below the elbow. She starts to lose a lot of blood and goes in and out of consciousness. And is she still just like in the back of this van or is she like on so, the road? No, so she they, so, okay. So that whole fight, he, so after it got to morning, he like opened the van and they were standing right outside the van. So when he was chopping his arms off, her arms off, it was like right outside the van. Mm-hmm. Um, he throws her over a 30-foot canyon. So there was a bridge. And he throws her into the canyon. No. Ex- and she survived? Oh, I just, girl. I keep going back to this. Like, oh, girl. Fi- this 15-year-old girl survived a sledgehammer to the back of the head, a double amputation of her arms, and a 30-foot fall basically off the cliff yeah so and the i survived is just crazy oh it's those are stories and the way she tells it it's insane so she so he throws her into a ravine she breaks four ribs on her tumble down four ribs no arms four ribs broken and so she's going in and out of consciousness and she talks about how she was like the only thing i remember is i just wanted to go to sleep and but she was like there was something in the back of my head that said get up so what she does is she makes a mud pack on her stumps of her arms she's at the bottom of the ravine she's just gushing blood and she knows she's like i remember thinking if i don't close these wounds i'm gonna bleed out so she sticks the stumps of what used to be her arms into the dirt to make a mud pact so she can keep so she can stop herself from bleeding but like that's also super smart for a 15 year old yeah for sure like, I'm still just stuck on this age thing. And just, like, me at 15, what would I have done in any sort of situation like that? Mm-hmm. Definitely not this. Probably would have just died. Yeah. Dude, I I would have been dead for I sure. would have been dead at the sledgehammer. What yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Which is why I'll... 
at the end, I'll get to it. Oh gosh, you guys. Um, so she makes a mud pact on both of her arms and she starts crawling up the ravine. So I would like to recall that he threw her over the ravine in the morning. It takes her all day to crawl back up it. She gets back up to the road. It's nighttime and she starts walking. And I'm like, I'm assuming this is not a very populated road because in the time that he mm-hmm. hacked off two of her arms, no one like stopped by. To yeah, be like, they're why like, you have a hatchet and uh, why are you aiming it at a girl? Yeah, they're out in the country and she talks about how there was a major interstate and I, I don't, I've never been out to California, so I don't know the interstates, but there was a major interstate not far off. And she talks about how she's like, I could hear the interstate. And I knew if I just, if I got to the interstate, someone would find me. Mm -hmm. So she starts walking. It's nighttime. She is on a not heavily used country road. She's naked covered in blood about that part and two stump arms can you imagine no seeing that on the side of the road i can't imagine seeing it i can't imagine being it so it's a three mile walk to the interstate So she starts walking. The first car that drives by her is two guys in a convertible and they speed right past her. And she talks about how she was like, I don't blame them at all. She's like, I looked like something straight out of a horror movie. Yeah. She's like, I can't imagine coming up to me and seeing that. And she taught, so so she kind of talks about that but she also talks about how she was like I just needed to get to the interstate and she's like that's all I can think of like I will be safe if someone will find me and what happens a couple that is on their honeymoon that took a wrong turn come across her and they pull over and they jump out of their van And they wrap her up and start driving as fast as they can. Hopefully to a hospital. Yes. Yes. So, and she says, she's like, at that point, I was so relieved. Like, finally, my body was kind of giving out on me just because I felt safe. And she was like, I could hear the tires screeching. They were going so fast. Yeah. They... Um, they got to a pay phone and they called 911 and they, (laughs) okay, but remember it was the late seventies. No one had cell phones. Yeah. I mean, I know that. I just, that's what came to my head. Immediately. I know. Well, I'm trying to set the stage for other people because I can imagine like my automatic thought was somebody call someone and I'm like oh it's the 70s nobody has a cell phone like at all so they get to a pay phone and they call 911 and they airlift her to a hospital that's crazy and she survives I oh my god is she she still alive today yes so what happens is um she created like a sketch and had a really vivid description of her attacker and they put the description out on the news and Lawrence Singleton's neighbor recognized him I am like waiting for the day when I can like recognize someone on like the news not that I watch the news ever very like at all Mm, but like I just want to be that person that's like 
oh my god, I know that guy, and then help solve a murder case. That would be pretty cool. Honestly. Like, that's the person I want to be. Even though I know the the best way to get rid of a body, the one I want to be is the one that's like, no, let me catch the murderer. Mm-hmm. I want to be the <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, that's so funny. Um, so, okay. So he would be arrested and put on trial for his attack on Mary. And six months after her attack she would be staring him down in the courtroom um where she testified against him she looked that man straight in the eye and told everyone what he did to her six months maybe she was 16 yeah i just like that's crazy so i oh god this is where it just sucks do you want to know how much time he got it's something so small so insignificant isn't it mm-hmm. it's like two years okay it's not that bad okay seven you can go higher actually Oh, okay. So he got like twenty. No. Do you want me to just tell you? <laughs> uh, just tell me. I'm bad at guessing, apparently. Fourteen years. Oh my god! Not even one year for every year that she was alive. Yep. And he beat her, raped her, um, chopped off both her arms, and threw her into a ravine, and left her for dead. And he got 14 years in prison. The judge said, if I had the power, I would send him to prison for the rest of his natural life. Why didn't the judge have the power? Because at the time, because he didn't kill her. Oh. And our judicial system has shifted and changed so much over just a couple decades like if guys if i continue to read murder stories you're gonna hear stuff that people did to one another and the time they spend in prison for it you will just want to tear your eyeballs out like it'll drive you insane actually i wouldn't that's one of my biggest fears i don't want anyone touching my eyes yeah oof okay listen to this so after Lauren Singleton was sentenced to 14 years, as Mary was leaving the courtroom, he looked at her and said to her, I'll finish the job if it takes me the rest of my life. Uh... Yeah. Mm-hmm. The crazy hasn't finished the job yet. Is he dead? <laughs> Has he died? I'll take girl I'll get there. Okay. So I... um wrapping up with some things. So this story goes viral. 1970s viral. Let's put it that way. And so while he's on um what's the word I'm looking for? So before he goes to prison when oh what's it called why am i forgetting the word paroled oh it's parole okay no 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 here so sorry little lapse in judgment annika and i are recording this very late at night because we can't sleep um yeah neither of us are on healthy sleep schedules yeah y'all i like talk to my coworkers at work that are like quite a bit older than me and they all, like, get up at, like, 6.30 a.m. and have, like, productive mornings and, like, go on runs before they sit down at our 9.15 co-workers meeting. And I'm the one that's, like, rolling out of bed at, like, 9.10, strolling up to this meeting and, like, putting my 
video recorder like on off while I go make myself breakfast and then just like chime in from the kitchen (sighs) they're like we go to bed at 9 30 and wake up at 6 I'm like no I go to bed at 1 30 on a good day and wake up at 9 (laughs) so when Lauren Singleton is paroled nobody in california wants him people every county they try to put him in citizens riot and say that they refuse to have him there i mean i would too so i don't have like all the list of places but it's so many counties in california like everyone was like no and they even tried to place him with family in other states and it wasn't like nobody would parole him so finally they gave him a trailer on the grounds of san quentin (laughs) and they said you can stay there um so because he was in prison for 14 years he also ended up doing horrible awful things um Let's see. Yeah. Um, so he moved to Florida and in 1997, he um, meets with a woman named Roxanne. Uh, sorry, I'm checking my notes, guys. Yeah, Roxanne Hayes, um, who was a mother of three. She. Why Florida? Was it the only place that would take him? Pretty much. Um, so he met with a woman named Roxanne Hayes, a mother of three. Um, she had agreed to meet with Singleton. Um, she was a sex worker, but that's not the importance of why they were in the same room and what happened to her. That's not the reason anything happened to her. Um, and he proceeded to stab her in the face and chest 12 times. So, okay. So my question is like, there's no way that Mary Vincent was this guy's first victim. Yeah. That's what everyone theorizes. But these are the only two victims we know of. But you have to go... If he was in his 50s when he attacked Mary... Yeah, there's no way that that violent of a kill was his first victim. Yeah. But we don't know of any others. Maybe he dissolved them all in chemicals. Oh my god, Annika. <laughs> it's the best way to get rid of a body. Um, so and I don't want to get into politics. I am not a politics person. But Florida has the death penalty. And for people like this, I'm sorry. You maybe deserve it. Just a little bit. I don't know. Just a little bit. So. The thing about the death penalty is that you have to be confident that it's the right person. Mm. Oh, dude. The Innocence Project. Guys. Oh, that might be a good one. Might have to talk about the Innocence Project. But, so I know everyone's very, and I, there are things on both sides that I agree with, so please. Yeah, I think for both of us, both of us. Yes. On this issue, it's, like, very hot and cold. Yes, but for people that want to, you know, try to kill 15-year-old girls and chop their arms off and throw them down a ravine and stab a mother in the face 12 times. And, like, it's definitely proven that it was him that did it because she survived and can tell you that it was him that did it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got the death penalty. Um, and while he was waiting on death row in 2001, he died of cancer. Honestly, kind of unfulfilling. Yeah. Like, would have rather him been given the death penalty, which sounds bad, but like. Because of what happened to Mary Vincent. 
there it would lead to the passing of the singleton bill which ceases any early releases for criminals who used torture in their crimes and now allows 25 to life sentences well, at least that's good mary vincent is an accomplished artist and a mother of two boys that's incredible you guys can look up pictures yeah what her art medium is i don't recall what her art medium is but i love that she has had the same prosthetics since she was a teenager like she there are all these new age prosthetics and she's like nope i'm gonna stick with the ones i have um she it's actually really sad she loved dancing and she wanted to be a dancer and because of everything that happened she couldn't anymore but she talks about how she found the median of art and how it became a really large way for her to cope what happened that's awesome that's awesome um she also established the mary vincent foundation to help victims of traumatic crimes i think that's incredible too i also yeah and it's so important to take into account like the the post-traumatic stuff everything that goes through people's heads when they've dealt with some sort of trauma like that and like how how can we help them deal with it how can society help them deal with it and I think that's awesome that she's doing something to pay it forward so Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people would get stuck in their own heads Mm -hmm. in that sort of situation yeah she really has talked about how she tries to make the thing that she struggles with most and make it her strength and that's that's just on a level that not many people can understand comprehend do execute put into the world yeah so that is the story of mary vincent that's a crazy story crazy story guys it's one of my favorites i think it's a favorite because it's an i survived because she lifts a tail the tail and she is like i'm not gonna let you ruin my life i'm not gonna give you that power yeah and I think that's fantastic. And the fact that she was so young when that happened. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. I don't think it matters how old you are. It's still traumatic. It's still so traumatic. And it's... But it just, like, it feels like when you have more life experience, you've been through more things that would, like, prepare you mm-hmm. in different ways for a situation like that. And so I just, like, yes, you have a point. No, well, like you said earlier about how you were, like, when I was 15 years old, I wouldn't thought of, like, packing my open wounds. Mm -mm. Like, I would have bled out the bottom of that canyon. I would have been dead. Which I think is such a good point. Like, the fact that she could think of that, like, in a delirious, bleeding out state, Mm -hmm. after being attacked like that, oh, God crazy (sighs) it's so it's so heavy but it's still it's heavy but like in an inspiring way because Mm -hmm. she did survive and because she's doing so many good things with like the heaviness that happened to her in her past Mm -hmm. yeah so that's i don't know so I think that every day we should aspire to be more like Mary Vincent. And we should pack our wounds and trudge up that hill mm. and walk those three miles. And eventually we'll get airlifted out of there. Yes. You know? We're gonna get- point, at some point your lucky break has to come. It really does. We're all going to get, and I think that's so pertinent to everything that's going on right now. And 
going back to what we talked about and obviously that co you know COVID-19 is very very prominent in what we talk about regularly and what everyone's talking about but even though everything is so hard right now we all have to remember that it's gonna get better yeah there is a light at the end of the tunnel even though we don't know when it's going to be and the world is going to change but that doesn't mean that it won't get better yeah and that's the good thing that is the good thing um on a more light note to wrap up guys annika makes food that looks so good and it makes me sad I can't eat it. She yeah, I've been dealing with quarantine by baking and cooking. Um so you know. I today I my friend asked to do a bake swap. So I'm gonna be baking some cookies this weekend and mailing them to her. That's so cute. Because, like, I love baking, but then, like, if I keep it at my house, then I eat it. And, like, with only me living here, that's, like, a lot of cookies <laughs> and or a lot of bread and or a lot of muffins. So I'm going to be busy baking this weekend, but I'm mailing it all. So exciting. I love it. Wonderful. You guys want to hear what I'm making? I'm so excited for this. I'm going to make two different cookies. Do it. One of them is a lemon cookie. <gasps> oh, girl. Because my friend said that she likes fruity flavored desserts. And so I was like, okay, well, then we got to go for lemon. And then I'm making, making a salted pumpkin white chocolate chip cookie. Doesn't that sound so good? Y'all can't see me, but my mouth is hanging open. I am in shock. Whew. That like, sounds good. That sounds good. Um, You better tell me how it goes, and you better give me the recipe. You got it. Even though I don't need it, I Yeah, want but you it. have people that you could share it with. That's true. Give it to your parents and your sister. And your That's boyfriend. true. This is true. They do... Ugh. We've been really bad about getting too many sweets. It's very bad, but eh. Hey, this is what my, one of my best friends told me the other day. She was like, you know what? It's such a crazy time right now that like the last thing that you should be worried about is like every single thing that goes into your body. Like that's, that's another layer of mental health that right now, if that kind of thing if the dieting and exercises falls off the wagon then it's not like the end of the world true because true like i mean for me exercise has been helping keep me sane but like dieting Mm -hmm. right now is not the time for me to be trying to do that at all yes so i'm like finding my balance between like exercising daily but also being able to eat when I want whatever I want what I'm craving and like feeling good about myself so that's a healthy way to look at it because like right now I don't need the mental stress of counting calories and like god no doing x y and z and like not allowing myself to eat any of the baked goods that I'm cooking to deal with quarantine so All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap it up for the week. Um, At the end of the podcast. (laughs) We're here. (laughs) We're here. Um, Yeah, guys, um, thank you so much for listening. Um, Let us know what you thought. Annika is going to be bringing us a topic next week. Very excited. Um, Let us know. Let us know about your favorite murder story. Let us know if you have also thought about how you would commit the perfect murder because I feel like (laughs) I'm honestly in the majority. Like, I honestly feel like a lot of people have thought about how to commit the perfect murder. That might make sense. Anyways, let us know if that's something. If you want to hear more murder stories, let us know about that. I'm sure Olivia would love to bring us more murder stories. Always. 
Let us know if you have any ideas for topics we should talk about in the future. Um, and it doesn't have to be murder at all. Not at all. Like I said at the beginning, Olivia's two ideas for today were murder or drag queens. So, like, mm-hmm. really wide range of topics that we can talk about here. If y'all want to prep for later episodes, start watching RuPaul. Yeah, we're both on Drag Race right now. That's our quarantine TV for both of us. Mm-hmm. My oh. sister and I watch it together, and we get heated because we watch. So we're already through the first two seasons because we're maniacs, and we don't agree with the winners and who RuPaul chose. See, I started. I was told to start at season five because it's more. It doesn't look like it was filmed in 1980. <laughs> yeah. My sister, when she, so the first season of RuPaul, she was like, God, when was this filmed? She's like, can you look it up? And I looked it up and I, lo- I was like, Mallory, take a guess. You want to know what Mallory's guess was? Mallory is her sister, by the way. Oh yes. Sorry. Mallory, who you guys might, well, you'll, you'll hear stories about her. Maybe she'll be a guest. Don't know. We'll see. Um, Bring Mal on. I know she's asked me already. She's like, can I be a guest on your podcast? I'm like, girl, shoot. Yeah. Um, her guess, she's like, I'm going to say this was filmed. I think, I think she said 1995. And I was like, before I was born, I said, try 2009. She was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I was told to start at season five. I've gotten through season six and half of season seven, and so far I agree with the winners. But okay. that's not to say that in earlier seasons it wasn't. Okay. Well, Mallory and I thought we should start from the beginning because what if, like, you know, people talk about other dry queens and, like, what if we're clueless? So we were like, we're going to start from the beginning. We're going to get through it. So we're on season three. We're really close to the end. There's been way too many twists and turns season three of RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, I'm not a fan of how I many I if you're not going to start at season five, you should start at season four. Well, we're but, about to be there, so we'll yeah. see. Yeah, so as soon as you get to season four, by the way, me saying I've heard, I've literally consulted one friend before this, and she <laughs> told me all of my information. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, if you guys want to prep for future shows, watch RuPaul. It's a That's great, all. you know... We're all bored during quarantine. RuPaul's Drag Race, great way to fill the day. It's a little gay, which is great. It's not a little gay. A little gay. It's a lot of gay, but it's also like, because I'm a woman, it's like a different type of gay. That yes. I, it's yes. a very different type of gay. Um, which oh. is like good versus bad. It's just like, you know. <laughs> Also, I'm watching a lot of reruns of women's soccer games, so, like, Annika's living her best life, the best life she can, since there's no live women's soccer. Yeah. But at least, like, the last thing I did before quarantine happened was watch live women's soccer. That's true. And Megan Rapino was, like, 15 feet from me, and that was, like, a really great moment in my life. You... You should tell that story about how you, like, did that. Because I thought that was so brave. You did that all by yourself. We can't tell the story now. It's too long. But maybe next week. You should totally tell it. It's a great story. Well, maybe my topic next week will be soccer. Okay, y'all. Heard it here first. Actually, sorry. I'm not going to force Annika to be locked into soccer. But she might. But I would talk about it for an hour. So, like, <laughs> also soccer, y'all. If you guys want to really, and uh, I know some people that listen to our podcast will be like, no, thank you. That's not my cup of tea. But if you want a really light, carefree show that's just all happy, watch The Great British Baking Show. Oh my God, I love The Great British Baking Show. It's, you can't not smile and laugh. There's nothing negative about it. This is... This is another story for another time, but the day after I thought that there was a serial killer hiding in my house, I um, just watched Great British Bake Off all day because I was too scared to watch anything else because 
I needed to be happy and not feel like a serial killer was about to come out from under my stairs and kill me. Yeah, oh god, that is a story for another day. Maybe I'll start with that next time on, oh snap, we forgot, even though we didn't forget, we just ran out of time, because we need to stop talking and sign off. Yes, we really do. Sorry guys, we ran a little long this week. Again. Are you going to end every show with you peeing? I think so, because I'm so well hydrated. <laughs> All right, guys, um, please, 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 please rate us, subscribe, follow, um, give us shout outs on social media. Please come find us. Shout out to, I don't know if I can say her name, but I'll just say Potato. She knows who she is. Thanks for sharing us on Instagram. You a real one. Love you so much. All right, guys, um, everyone have a good week and we will see you soon. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Gonna go pee.